Welcome everyone to another episode of the Storyteller Saga, a podcast all about the process and experience of writing straight from the authors. This is an intimate look into the lives of today's most prolific and talented writers, an author profile in the words of the writers themselves. There will be drama, there will be explosions, there will be secrets exposed here that you will not find anywhere else. Lives will be changed, and lives will be ruined. It will be Michael Bay meets Nick Cassavetes on Dr. Moreau's Island, except that the island is William Golding's Lord of the Flies, and the incubator is this podcast. This podcast is the confessional camera on The Bachelor, if that camera was manned by a 40-year-old aspiring author with a giant beard and dyed hair, and was a microphone instead of a camera. Okay, if you're not already following, hit follow wherever you're listening to this and make sure to follow on Instagram as well at Micah Campbell Writes to keep up with everything that's going on. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. I think Apple is currently the only platform that has a review option. A few points to touch on in your review are how wonderful my voice is, how professional the show was, how sexy my beard is. Oh, and how awesome the guests are. And speaking of guests, my very special guest for this episode of the Storyteller Saga hails from Scotland and is in the final stages of her debut novel, A Season to Kill. She is a delight to speak with, and, well, she lives in Scotland, so that automatically makes her exceptionally more interesting than myself. Nick Winter, welcome to the show. Hi, Micah. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well, thank you. Not bad for a Tuesday. Unfortunately, I'd love to say I've been working on my book all day, but that's not true. Um, I've been working and as in my day job, so not very interesting, but there you go. It's a Tuesday. <laughs> well, you could, you know, you can say you've been working on your book all day and I'll, I'll believe it. I, I should have said that, actually. I, yeah. <laughs> I've been working on I'll my just, book I'll all just, day. <laughs> there you go. I'll edit that in post and you'll sound great. It'll be wonderful. <laughs> Now, explain something to me. You Okay, I can't remember if it was you or someone else I was talking to, but on Saturdays, you guys jump back an hour? Did oh, I misunderstand yeah, that? That, that I, was me, yes. That was me, hence the confusion with the time, which was completely my fault. So we have a saying in the UK, well, in Scotland, that we call it fall back, um, where the clocks go back one hour at the very last Saturday of October every year and then in the very last Saturday in March we call it spring forward where we put the clocks forward one hour <laughs> to go back to where we started from. So that's something that's happened uh, in the UK for years and it, I think it was originally intended because it's so dark um, in the morning right. time um, so that when the kids went to school, it wasn't quite as dark in the morning. So they thought that by putting it forward and bringing the clocks back, it would make it lighter in the morning for the children going to school. But it's really dark. So about December, <laughs> it will be dark about 3.30 in the afternoon. Whoa, that's Yes, crazy. I know. It's insane. So it gets dark um, pretty much from the, about the First week in December, um, it gets so just now it's dark about 5 p.m. Um, yeah. It's pitch black. Uh, and then 
kind of going on into Christmas, it gets really dark about 3.30. So when the kids are coming home from school, it, it's pretty much, you've got 20 minutes left before it's pitch, pitch black outside. Wow. So that, that, was the, that was the idea of it. So when, of course, I completely forgot about that. And, I, <laughs> and I'm so <laughs> glad you caught up in that. And hence why um, my timing was completely out because I, I forgot. So it's um, fall back uh, to put your clocks back and spring forward um, in March. So there you okay, go. So <laughs> that that makes a lot more sense, and let me explain why. And you're, you're going to think mm-hmm. I'm an idiot after I after I tell you this. But when you when you said that, because we have the same thing here in the states, we have daylight savings time. Oh, and so of course, every, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we have the same thing, you know, spring, you know, take it an hour back, put it an hour forward. We've got that same thing. But when you when I read what you sent me the other day about Saturday and the hour back. For some reason, I thought you meant you guys did that every Saturday. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's just if you pass like, too many tequilas. <laughs> you lose an hour right, if you drink exactly. too many tequilas in Scotland. <laughs> right. I was, I was like, how does that work? You know, so thank you for clearing that up for me. I appreciate that. That is that's fantastic. <laughs> we we're definitely weird, but we're not we're not that right, strange. Right. I, was, I promise. I, that just that just shows my it, it shows my ignorance. So, so I, I not that at was all. Really <laughs> Made my day. Good. <laughs> I'm glad. I was. I was trying to do the math, and I was like, "Well, what happens when they hit midnight again? I know. Does it go back?" To Saturday, you know, I, I was trying to yeah, work it all out. It's like fantasy novel. Here's a great idea. There exactly. We go. Right. 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 Well, to me, to me, Scotland is a fantasy land, anyways. I mean, it's the most beautiful <laughs> ever. You know, oh, so I thank just it, you. yeah, I, I I assume that there's you know unicorns and and fairies and all that kind of stuff just just walking yes. around around the yeah yeah absolutely yeah you take a unicorn to the to get your shopping and um, yeah, yeah it's. it's <laughs> That's that's kind of how I picture it in my head. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. If you would, uh, I know I laid a little bit of a uh, groundwork there in the introduction. Could could you, in your own words, kind of introduce yourself and let let us know a little bit about you? Of course, absolutely. Um, so I'm Nick Winter. Um, as you've heard, I'm very much a Scottish writer. I class myself as a mystery writer. Currently working on my first uh, mystery novel uh, however my editor has placed it in the domestic noir category so there you go yeah. that was a new one on me <laughs> yeah. and um currently working in the legal field and have done for many years true crime buff um and so when i combine the uh, love of mystery books that i've had since i was a kid i have a a lot of interest in watching which doesn't sound too pleasant, but um, true crime um, from a psychology perspective. Sure. And yeah. um, and I've kind of amalgamated it all together. And, well, I was always interested in writing, Micah. It was just a huge part of who I was since I was a kid anyway. Um, mm. And so it just made perfect sense to me when I decided I wrote a book in my 20s. I didn't do anything with it. My imposter syndrome was absolutely off the charts um yeah, and yeah. so as you can imagine you know when in your 20s yeah I, th- I wish I had known what I know now <laughs> in my 20s but um right. and had a wee bit more confidence but uh however I didn't do anything with it I just left it pushed it aside and of course 
life catches up and you know you do a million different things but the writing never really the urge to write never left me so mm-hmm. when I decided to the idea or the inspiration for season to kill had come to me and I thought okay back in 2019 this is the time now to sit down and, and actually do this and roll my sleeves up and and uh, get stuck in and so I kind of pulled together the threads of um I'd studied psychology for a year and I really enjoyed it although I transferred um to study law mm-hmm. um and <laughs> which was a bit of a change and uh, so yeah. um <laughs> Uh, just a tad. Uh, so I kind of pulled in my threads from from that and my kind of interest in, in true crime, my always long like time love of mystery, pulled it all together. And uh, my protagonist is a lawyer, having myself worked in the legal field for a long time. And uh, sure, and so yeah. a season to kill was born. Um, and uh, so that's me. I am a vegetarian. I, uh, okay. I love animals and I'm heavily into music. So all of these things can actually pepper through my writing. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I tend to find there's threads of me subconsciously end up on the page. That's maybe oh, yeah. not a good thing, but it's, do you, do right, you get that? Right. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um, absolutely. Oh, I, I find it, it must be amazing to write something completely, you know, abstract from who you are, but I find that difficult to do. I find that sure. a, a lot of myself ends up on the page somewhere buried in there. Um, so, um, so that, so that's me. I am a, a mum of two. Um, and so kind of juggling life and work and uh, writing and, um, yeah. the kids, it's a, it's a full time, a, a full time situation. <laughs> it's, um, yes, but, right. um, it's, it's absolutely, you know, it's fantastic. And I just wish that there was more hours in the day to write. I, yes, unfortunately right. at the moment, I, yeah, because I think that, you know, when you're working and everything, it, it comes, sometimes the writing comes down the pecking order and I would love it not to come down the pecking order. I would love to have that right. space to say, okay, I've got a full day and this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, you know, just switch on the PC and, and write and that would be wonderful, right. but I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> I've got yeah, exactly. a long way to go. But um so that is so that's me. I am um, so mystery writing is my passion. I love reading different genres but um but mystery will always be my main passion. Um my cat I've never imagined writing anything else, if that makes sense. Hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just how my, my mind works. Um, I find the human psyche very interesting and very scary, but beautiful as well and interesting. And so that's definitely where I think I found my, my genre. I found my niche and, and I'm happy to, to stay in my lane because I just couldn't imagine myself writing anything else. So that's a little bit about me and, and, and my writing. When, when you said, and I don't know why my, I don't know why I went here, but when you said, I think you were talking about the human psyche and it being dark. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's necessarily a mystery. I'd call it more of a thriller maybe, but are you familiar with the, uh, with, the Thomas Harris books, the, uh, the Oh, Hannibal I love Lecter. Thomas Harris. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know why it, it, my mind went there. Cause I don't, I don't read a lot of mystery. I, 
I stick mainly into horror and fantasy, but uh, oh yeah, the, the Harris mm-hmm. the Harris books are wonderful. Some of them they're all up on my shelf right now, and they are some of my. I, I go back to them probably every three or four years. So they're so and me good. too. That is so funny. Me too. Um, yes, I, I love Thomas Harris, and yeah, I mean, who else? But you know, the master of psychology for sure. Yeah. I would say that a season to kill would probably be classed. Um, definitely lighter reading, but I could have went darker, um, Micah. I, mm-hmm. I could have went darker with it. I chose not to, um, but I think it's for what my intention was for the for the story and hopefully a series. My intention was to make it a kind of rounded, well crafted mystery with some dark elements through it. Um, sure, but without going too heavy into the the real darker side of where humanity can lead you if if you know what I mean so but it's funny you say I I love horror too I love horror films I'm a huge horror movie buff um Mm. and it's only recently since you know you try and support other writers in our community the Instagram writing community is is fantastic and it's wonderful um, isn't it really I've you know it's just it is wonderful and um and I found myself picking up some to support other writers, a few books from the horror genre, and I haven't read horror in such a long time. And then I thought, why haven't I done that for, for such a, I've really enjoyed getting back into it again. Um, yeah, because yeah. as I say, I'm, I'm such a horror movie buff, but um, I hadn't read horror in, oh my goodness, years. So that's that's been actually very enjoyable for me, and it's opened my yeah. mind back up again. Yeah, it's been fantastic. So Thomas Harris, absolutely, I think he's a fabulous writer. Um, he really does dark psychology so well, um, so cleverly written. I, I definitely, I wouldn't say that my book is quite as intensely dark, um, mm-hmm. but Sometimes I, I wish maybe it, maybe I would have went there, but I didn't. I chose not to. Now, was it uh, was it a hard decision not to go dark? Like, yes. Did you did you want to go dark, and then you had to make yourself not go that dark? <laughs> yeah. When I started to write the book, I because the killer, I did some research into different conditions. I've always been as I say, psychology has always been a fascination for me. And I knew Mm -hmm. the killer in my book was going to be in the category of a malignant sociopath, which sounds Mm. awful. I know I'm so sorry. This sounds really dark. (laughs) (laughs) dark. Um, So he or or she, I should say he or she um, um, is in that category. And so I I did some research into that and, uh, and, you know, once you go down that rabbit hole, it would be so easy to really go, you know, like you're going all in. And it right, wasn't right. my intention when I started the book because all along I had in my head, I, I don't know about you or, or listeners out there, but um, something I enjoy is if I find an author that has a series, I enjoy going back to... Um, if they have, you know, you read the first book and, and then they have another book right. coming out. Um, and I enjoy a series where it's the same protagonist and the same yeah. kind of cast of characters, but with a different cast for each mystery, yeah. per se, if you will. And uh, and 
it's just something personal to me. I enjoy it, like visiting old friends and, um, you know, the town's familiar and, and that sort of thing. Some people either love right. that or they don't. I, I enjoy yeah. it. So it was my intention to to write a few books, hopefully, with the same protagonist. They could be a standalone mystery. It'll be a, a different story each time. But with a yeah. continual thread of some of the main characters will be reintroduced into every book. So I didn't want to make it something too dark. Um, but uh, I did find it a bit hard, actually, now that you're saying that, that that's so true. I did actually, Mike, I found it certain bits where I thought, okay, I, I want to pull back. And the other decision was, do I use specific language um, because true. I'm Scottish yeah. and, you know, right. I, I can swear... <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You know, so um, you know, our language is pretty salty, and uh, I thought, hmm, you know, so that was a decision too. Like, how am I going to make this really authentically, you know, pretty harsh language, or am I going to dial that back a bit? I chose to dial it back a bit, and that might be a bit yeah. of a cop out. I'm not sure, but I thought it was maybe. Um, a wise decision not to make it too, <laughs> too right, Scottish. Right. <laughs> um, now is it, so, so is it based? Where is it based? Is it based in so, Scotland? Yes, it's it's based in Scotland. Yeah, so it's it's based in all real in, locations. It, it isn't a real location. I made it up, but it okay. is based on an amalgamation of many places that I've been in Scotland, places maybe I've stayed for the weekend or places that I've went sure. through and thought, I'd love to live here. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah. yeah, you know, and places that I know too. So it's a little mal amalgamation of um, different places. But the, the place itself is called Cedarwood, the village, and um, it's an affluent village which is very alien for my main character. But mm, there's, a, okay. there's a whole story to that um, for her background um, and how she ends up here where, where the story takes place. Um, okay. So, but yeah, so it is in Scotland and it is a, you, you would call it small town, um, Micah, in the US, I would say, it'd be a small town mm -hmm. mystery. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, so we, we would say uh, maybe village here would probably be the right term. Okay. Um, but yeah, okay. small town mystery, just awesome. outside the, the city. So that so that's where it takes place. Cool. Well, it sounds it sounds really good. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Do you have an idea of a release? Or are you still in the editing phase? Where are you at with it? I am at, so the book is, I mean, for all intents and purposes, it's completely finished. It's done. It's been professionally edited. Um, well, congratulations. And, uh, I worked with my editor. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, yeah. I worked with my editor over the summer, and that was a process because I, I had no clue what to expect. Um, sure. And I got it back, and, and then obviously, and it was really, she was so great. She gave me... Um, I got a full, completely edited manuscript back with all her changes. Mm. And if I was to accept them all, that was it done. But obviously the word count had shifted and uh, and she had right. made notes in another report, an editorial report to say, here's where I think that you could develop this or um, I'd like a little bit more of that. And and I sure. found it, it incredibly helpful. So I've, I've finished all of those changes and then I did a, a round of better readers I did five and I found the feedback also incredibly helpful and I was thrilled with the feedback but I was also really grateful for a few small things that they had said perhaps oh, I'd like you to push a bit more on that or could we have a little bit sure. more of this and I just found that super helpful because 
don't you find sometimes that you can be so close to the project that it is difficult to yes put yourself in the you're constantly trying to be the writer and the reader right. simultaneously and that can be over a course of months or or years however long you take to to write the book sure. um it can certainly become quite an exhaustive project to do so right. um, so yeah. it was really great to get fresh eyes on it in my cat and not just my my tired eyes <laughs> so, right, exactly. um, but yeah so I found that incredibly helpful and um, so that's it I'm just working on tweaking a few things at the moment um, and then I plan to just quickly send it back to my editor just to make sure there's no issues with the changes that I've made and then yeah. that's it done. So my release date in my head was always going to be, uh, I wanted it to be September uh, because uh, autumn, um, or, or you guys would call it fall, um, mm -hmm. is such an important backdrop to the story. Um, it's almost personified okay. the season in it uh, for, for one reason or another. So I wanted to release it round about that time um, yeah. And I've obviously missed the mark. <laughs> I've missed the mark <laughs> by a by a mile. <laughs> so, <Sure. laughs> um, <laughs> oh my goodness, the joys of being a writer, eh? I mean, deadlines. What are deadlines? You know, we're right. just like, oh yeah, no bother. <laughs> All the time in the right. world. What are, what are and, deadlines? Uh, <laughs> no, forget about. Yeah, it. no, forget about deadlines. They're not important. <laughs> Right, right. And um, so, of course, here we are in November, and um, I'm still doing some last-minute editing. So, that, so there you have it. So, my release date will be—I'm not entirely sure, but for all intents and purposes, the book is finished, and I'm happy with it. But I, I do need to have these last changes just checked over, and um, by the editor, and then, I, and then a final proofread, because, yeah, I, I'm not going to rely anywhere close to my. <laughs> <laughs> to right, my eyes right. for a proofread <laughs> right. and then I don't know what to do with it Micah I don't know honestly whether to hold it back for a little bit right and wait till I feel it's the right time of the year to release it sure or not so that's that's my dilemma at the moment I think that by January it'll be completely tied up in a nice bowl and it'll be ready to go but um i i don't know if that would be the right time of year to to actually release it right. and the other thing is right. if i'm going to do indie then i have to actually think about a marketing plan um which right. is like the exactly. two most evil words in the world <laughs> <laughs> right it's like mark i you know i i just can't <laughs> <laughs> I can't yeah, cope with marketing yeah. plan. So sure, um so right. I actually have to get my head around that um whole scenario as well, like the business aspect of it. Because I think is when you're creative or you're creating something, that's all you think about, isn't it? You live and breathe it. Right. Um right. and then there comes a moment where you think, Okay, how am I actually going to get this into the hands of anyone? <laughs> Just exactly. like anyone who right. you know. So um right. So I do, I do have to give some idea to obviously some thought to that. So so my release date is pending. I'll say that. Sorry, that was a very long way to say my release date is pending. <laughs> so I had a question about that. Mm -hmm. If you were to hold it until next September, mm -hmm. do you have? I, cause I know you said you had planned or you would like to see this be a series. Do you mm -hmm. have a book two in the works? Would you be able to work I, on that while you waited? I do, actually. And that was exactly what I was thinking that I might do, actually, Micah. Yeah. Um, that's exactly what I was thinking. I have 
book two planned. So the follow-up is called uh, A Deadly Shade of Winter, and that takes place six weeks after the end of A Season to Kill. Everything's okay. wrapped up. There's no, like, you know, there's no kind of cliffhanger or anything that you need to say, oh, I have to wait to book two to find out who the killer was or what happened. Right, right. That, that won't be the case. Everything's completely wrapped up in book one. But there's obviously, there's... Um, after effects of uh, for the main character who obviously has been involved in the happenings in book one and she's still dealing with the psychological after effects of that as as you can imagine if you had faced off with someone quite as dangerous as 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 in book one um, and also someone that you edited for spoilers for me was one of the whole the essence of the book sure where my tagline is almost like you know your inner circle but always look a little closer so she is coming to terms with the fallout from uh, emotionally from uh, from book one but of course (laughs) as you can do in books but hopefully not in real life she immediately stumbles into another circumstance (laughs) Um, in book two and that takes place in the winter time and that's a deadly shade of winter and it's approximately six weeks later so she's not having a good time at all the main character she really isn't she should move but (laughs) she's no choice well and so that that kind of cements the well i guess i mean you can do whatever you want when especially when you're self-publishing yeah but that kind of cements your release times right because that would go perfectly release your season Mm-hmm. Now September, and then six weeks later, you, you know, you could release the next one, which would be right in winter, and it would go perfectly with your, which would be perfect because um, yeah. that, I think that's exactly what's in my head and my because what I didn't want to do is is taking me uh, longer than I thought to do a season to kill, um, and so I didn't want to release it, and then there's a two year lag to write right. a deadly shade of winter. Um, Don't do that to your then, readers. That you know, I hate I know, that. It's the worst, isn't it? Oh, I, it's oh awful. my goodness, oh. it's, it's the worst. I can't even stand. You know, when you're watching a series on TV, I sure. hate waiting a week for a new episode. Right? Yeah. I have no yeah. patience for that. I'm like, you know, I'm I'm my age now. I've got no patience. I don't. Right. <laughs> why am I waiting? <laughs> this is outrageous. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so now, now um, I have to ask. I mm-hmm. have to ask, I do have two songs going through my head now since I've been speaking with you. One, mm-hmm. was it The Birds? Oh, yes. Uh-huh. So it, there was two songs that inspired the title for A Season to Kill. Um, I had started the book and I I can't even remember what my working title was, but um, the first song was, there was two songs that um, I love actually personally that was on a playlist and they, were, they just happened to come on back to back. And the first one was huh. um, Time of the Season by The Zombies. Uh, which was out, I think, 67 in the UK and didn't do much here, but it was a big hit in the US, um, interestingly enough. It didn't do much here, but um, but I love it. And uh, and it is about a season for loving and and all these lovely things. And I thought, well, okay, what if you flip that on its head and and it was a season for something really dark and not pleasant and thoroughly not enjoyable um and right. then this the second song that came on just at the back of it was by the birds uh, which was turn 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 and yeah, yeah. um 
the whole kind of essence of that song again is a season to love and trust and all these lovely right. things. Um, and again, I thought, mm, okay, so if it isn't a season to love, then it would be a season two. And I thought, okay, perfect. It will be a season to kill. It's the whole um, right. personification of this lovely, uh, beautiful foliage and all these lovely things that are going on in this village. Um, and it's about renewal and, you know, we're shedding things and we're letting go. But really there's this dark force that's kind of entered into this lovely place and and everything turns very quickly into a, a really dark situation. So, th so that for me, it just, I thought, well, that's perfect. And then the second one um, for Deadly Shoot of Winter, again, I had on a playlist and, and I like Simon Garfunkel and... Um, yeah they had uh, a Kimona Hazy Shade of Winter. And I thought, yeah. well, okay, that, that's perfect. So we'll have a Deadly Great Shade song. of Winter. So I completely plagiarizing <laughs> all my titles. Yeah, right, that's great. <laughs> but it's funny where you, inspiration just strikes you, you know. And if you right. listen to the words of a Hazy Shade of Winter as well, with the cold in the ground, and, and it just right. resonated to me when I was writing it. Because um, I, right. I was kind of toying about with the prologue for um, A Deadly Shade of Winter one afternoon. And that just happened to come on. And I thought, that's that's perfect. That's what I'll have for yeah. now anyway. So so that's where I am. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so happened the song came on. I, I love the song. I love the words in the song, um, the meaning behind it. And um, yeah. and then I, I like to little kind of play on something that should be lovely, but it turns out not not so much, which unfortunately sometimes right. happens in life, doesn't it? Um, as we can right. see in the news all the time. So, um, exactly. and uh, so yeah, so that that was where the inspiration came from for that. Well, let me ask: Have you ever killed off a character that you absolutely adored? And no spoilers, but yes, did well, you? Wow. Well, <clears throat> I've probably not answered that correctly. Yes and no. One, I adored okay. this character, but I made them survive. Mm, so they, okay. it, it turns out to be an edited for spoiler. But um, this character survives because he is such a lovely person. He's such a mm. great human being, and I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Um, sure, okay, yeah. And the second, so there's the prologue opens up with a murder before you actually meet the um, the main character, Darcy. She comes in in chapter one. So it starts off with um, the, the murder of this character who is pivotal to the actual story. So you mm. get to meet her very briefly just um, at, at her own demise. But mm, uh, the okay. third character um, who, who does die, I loved writing him because he was such an awful human being. So every, yeah. <laughs> every I, I enjoyed, almost didn't want to kill him off because he was such an awful, and I have met people like this, this narcissistic sure, right. person right. who is just such an awful human being that um, he became almost too good to kill off. But right. I had to do right. it. So, um, <laughs> but I did take a little bit. Of, I took a lot of pleasure actually in, in killing him off. But um, well, and that's so, what, so that's what I was going to yeah. ask next. I've written a few uh, few horror short stories, and I do find something oddly therapeutic about maybe taking out some aggression or some vengeance on certain characters you know that you can never do in real life absolutely. but did you find that did you find I that therapeutic absolutely did. yeah yeah <laughs> I did. I, it I'm was wonderful way, yeah. 
yeah it was good because you feel i don't know if you get if you feel this way um micah you you write horror so i think you'll you'll get exactly what i mean here if you can't always write things in the world and you wish that you could but you can't but you can do right. it in your own pages can't you so exactly it's your own right. little version of making the bad guy get defeated what should happen right. but always doesn't yeah, happen do you in your life exactly. oh exactly and um and for really bad things that happen to be Rated that doesn't always happen in real life, but you can do it in your pages. So there, so yes, right. I absolutely 100% agree with you that there's definitely an element of that in my writing that yeah. it is my little tiny corner of my imaginary world that I can write things that sometimes aren't ordinarily rated in, in real life, unfortunately. Right. And that makes me feel so much better. Yeah. <laughs> right, it does. It does. I like it. Yeah, it it, does. like I said, it's very. And like you were saying, when uh, when you you toned down the maybe the violence or just the the darkness yeah. in some of your, you know, I I wrote <laughs> I wrote a short story that I've never done anything with because it was just so darn dark, you know. But it was, <laughs> I mean, it was it was right, you know. I, I, that's why mm -hmm. I've always liked I've always liked Batman I because love Batman. Mm -hmm. yeah, because he he does what we wish we could go do. Oh, you know, he's goodness. not some he's not some major superhero that has all these powers. He just gets down and dirty in the street and he just makes things right. You know, and I Absolutely. really I've always liked that. Absolutely. I agree completely because he's human and he he's not gifted by these. Right. You know, amazing superpowers. But as you say, he gets down and dirty in this awful backdrop and, and he just makes right. things right. And I love that. Right. So yeah, even I'm, I'm all into that. <laughs> right, right. Even if it's not the, necessarily the right way to do it, or the yeah, you know, his mm -hmm. ends, his ends justify the means. There's something, there's something therapeutic about that character too. I think. Completely agree. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever written a scene that was super emotional for you? Something that was hard for you to get through, or kind of worked on your emotions when you were done? Yes, I have actually. A part of the feedback I got, um, Darcy's character, she's living in this um, in Cedarwood, um, which is this really mm -hmm. nice affluent area. But Darcy's background had um, started off completely different, and she was brought up in a house with her parents, but was from a very young age a witness to domestic violence, and that mm. was the situation that she was brought up in. And this plays out a lot, not so much that Darcy goes back to it and relives it, but you can see mm -hmm. um, I've made threads of that, who she is in the book. So she has a little touch of OCD and she tries to just make everything right all of the time for everyone. And wow. she, you know that yeah. kind of constant trying to put a square peg in a, in a round hole right. and it's never right. going to work, but she tries to do it anyway because she... She makes a statement in the book, and, and I loved writing it, that she couldn't fix things when she was young, but she's bigger now, so the fight's evened out. And that's how wow. she perceives things in her head, that yeah. because she's older now, that she tries to even everything out for the underdog, pretty much. So she's living in this place solely because she had said in the book that she could see that she did it through grit and determination, but mm -hmm. that wasn't the case. She'd actually inherited this house from her great aunt. And uh, and that's how she feels like a fish out of water in this area that is old families that have lived here for many years. 
and perhaps we're all privately educated and that sort of thing. And Darcy is completely different um, from that. You know, hmm. she was brought up yeah. in a, we would say a working class area in the city, sure, um, yeah. blue collar. Right. So, um, yeah. so completely different. But um, so she has this, this background. And so one of the parts of the feedback I got was that um, I'd like a bit more of a few resonating scenes of flashbacks perhaps or or something mm. that's connecting Darcy's drive where we we're getting a flavor of what she had went through and when I was yeah. writing the book I purposely made it and I made the wrong decision Micah I think and I have to be honest hmm. where I, I put some bits in but I didn't want to put too much of that in but I should have done sure. um, because it's an important message in the book and so on my edits that's what I've actually been working on part of the edits I'm doing at the moment and it's okay. been actually extremely emotional to write um, wow. yeah. because it's you know you just have to turn on any news feed anywhere in the world and for, for women and for men that it's a real situation that's happening in right across so many places and so many houses and um, yeah. you know and you think you're writing this but someone's actually living that at, at the moment yeah. and my goodness yeah. how can that be happening how can that be a thing it's so I, I yeah. yeah it's very heavy and so uh, there's not a lot of it in the book but there's enough of a, a kind of sucker punch I thought personally as the writer mm -hmm just to give you the, the the cold facts and okay oh my goodness but not too much of it because it's not what the story is about but it's part of what's made my main character who she is um yeah. and she doesn't shy away from that but she she certainly doesn't dwell on it so it's not a huge part of the story but it's there and you know it's there and you appreciate why it's there I hope I hope that I, I've handled it the way it should be handled. But um, yeah. yeah, I found that actually very emotional to write, and uh, I I knew I would, but not as much as as actually what I did, uh, because wow. I did some research yeah. and and some, and I spoke to people who um, had knowledge, shall we say, of that type sure. of situation. Sure. Um, right. It's very yeah it's very grounding and you and it's so true it's such a cliche but when that door closes at night you really don't know what goes on behind closed doors and right. um you know and that was an eye-opener for me to write so emotionally yeah it definitely that wow. that gave me a lot of pause and, and was a real okay um you have to make sure that you're doing this justice and handling it the, the correct way yeah um, right right if that makes sense so i, yeah, I would say sure. that yeah that that would be my one and and also on a lighter note um i think that the ending i found a bit emotional because <laughs> i thought oh my goodness you know i got to um there's just a little moment where she's reflecting back on um what's happened and there was one bit just at the end where she's thinking she's watching the the kind of leaves are falling because as i say it's set in the fall time mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um, and she thinks that since i was a child i've loved this season but it's been completely tainted now because every time i see a leaf fall and it turns to gold i'm going to yeah. remember what's happened wow um, right. and 
so forever she's going to link that what once was a beautiful thing for her to this sure. chain of events that's happened. So that was a little emotional, just as that kind of, oh. That's good. Yeah, that's real good. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, oh, my god. I'm ready. Get um, that thing released so I can read it. I know. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Um, so, yeah, so I find that a wee bit emotional. Um, because, you know, we all have that, don't you? You know, times of the year or certain songs just brings back a memory. Sure. Sure, doesn't right. it puts you right in that right. second so i was just trying to capture that little moment just at the end of it um so yeah so that, that I, I would say that would be my two main things in micah that i found emotional straight i wanted to ask because mm-hmm. this character is very intriguing to me so i wanted to know if you and your main character would get along yes we would I think a hundred percent. Yeah, I'd love to hang out with her. I think she'd be she'd be pretty cool to hang out with. I like her. She is empathetic. She is feisty. She's headstrong. Um, yeah. she gets herself into situations that she just shouldn't. <laughs> right, <laughs> Without, right. <laughs> you know, she she kind of stumbles into these more silly situations. But um, yeah, I I think I think we would definitely get along. I think we actually have quite a lot in common. I I think maybe that was subconsciously. I again, I wonder. Right, you yeah. do wonder if subconsciously yeah. parts of you peppered through. Um, sure. what you're writing but she's way cooler than that than me <laughs> that's for sure right well of course, i mean you know i mean you, you can embellish a little bit when you're writing right so. oh absolutely <laughs> yeah but no i i would like to hang out with her and i do hope that was the thing when i created her i created her with because i've read many books and i can speak for for male characters too but from a female perspective being a female writer I've read many books and the female protagonist has been so perfect in every which way. Right, that right. When I closed the book, I thought, oh my goodness, I'm such a failure in, every, <laughs> in everything that I do. Sure, <laughs> from, right, you know, right. from being a woman, from being in my job as a mother, as what, you know, yeah. whatever. And that was certainly not my intention when I created Darcy. Um, I thought I wanted her to resonate with with real women, and as much as a cliche as that sounds, I really did. And men too. That she's got flaws. She complains mm-hmm. about her weight. She, sure. you know, is like trying to do a gazillion things, and her makeup's not perfect. And you know, she's not this amazing superwoman who can do it all and right. look like she's on the cover of Vogue at the same time. Right. Um, and she's she's got a few idiosyncrasies, you would say. So mm-hmm. just like we all mm-hmm. have, I think we all have our little quirks, and um, yeah. So I hope that she resonates. And she's got a really wicked sense of humour. She's very sarcastic, um, and and I created her that way, where you know she just rolls her eyes at everyone. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So well, I, um, I'd probably get along with her there too. Yeah, I've, I've, I've been I've, I've been known to be a little sarcastic. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I know me, so me too. I love it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there was a little part of me that kind of thought, oh, "That's good." Here's all the things that I wanted to see and would never actually come out and see. Exactly. So I can let her see right. it. <laughs> yep. Well, I'll tell you what. I did not prep you for this question but we're wrapping up uh-huh. here we're at about we're at about 50 minutes and i try to keep it under an hour so oh let's, my goodness, let's end with this question oh my goodness. Uh-huh. i i know right it's yeah it's crazy, crazy. <laughs> do you have a recommendation for a book that the listeners that i just need to go out and get right now and read right uh, now 
do you know funny i'm actually just going to post tomorrow a book i just finished and i absolutely adored it and okay it's called leave no stone and okay. it's by the author uh, lindy walker um she's an american mystery writer and it's a psychological thriller it is absolutely i, I thought it was outstanding i loved it she the main character is a texas ranger uh, coming from a okay. corrupt political family um, mm. and single mother has went missing uh, which is completely oh, out of wow. her character she is a young child um, mm. who she she'd went out for a night out on a date and has not been seen since and there's the kind of well she's been flaky and she's just decided she's had enough of being a mum and anyway when she speaks mm. to people that that knew her they say absolutely no way her child was everything to her that just is not her right. and there's something in her gut she always goes in her gut intuition which I love about the character in the Texas Ranger she goes in her gut and she knows there's more to the story and she she just digs into this almost impossible where do you pick up the scent of a missing mm. person where you don't know where right. they went missing or you know right. and so that i found incredibly interesting to begin with yeah and then you go on this whole and it takes you from it's set in texas and it takes you from the kind of grittier parts of texas to this philanthropist's mecca of this wonderful things that they're doing for this human trafficking um charity but is everything mm. really as it seems to be and so right. you have a duel you have the main character in first person but you have peppered through it one of the victims that's been held by the killer mm -hmm. uh, and so you have that running through it as well and all the while you're thinking oh my goodness whatever happens i just want this person to get out of it but you don't right, know who's talking right. is it the woman that's missing or is it another wow. victim so it's yeah. really and it all comes together and all the questions are answered because i i loathe the mystery that you're left going well that didn't answer that and right, i don't know what right. happened do you know what i mean um but yeah everything's yeah. tied up so it's a great book so um leave no stone lindy walker and um, that was fabulous and the other one i would say is the angel creek girls by leslie wolf and i'm three quarters 75 percent done with that and that's also mm -hmm. a, a super read to a great psych psychological thriller also and um, mm. so that that's my two my two tips for november <laughs> well um now i'm gonna have to go out and buy two new books so i know i know i'm um, going to ask you if you don't mind can i ask you for for a tip are you reading anything great so right now i'm rereading and i will recommend this because Ooh. i don't know how many fantasy readers we have but the name of the wind by patrick rothfuss incredible. i have never read it oh really it, it is so so good uh, this is my second time through and it's a i mean it's a big book i mean it's tolkien-esque you know uh it's, oh. it's it's rather large but it is good it's my second time through it and yeah it's it's that good that i'm reading that huge of a book a second time and it's not a tolkien, second time so. round. that's fabulous yeah. i i love to reread a book there's a few that i have that's so personal to me that i just love to you know as i said it's like visiting an old friend again <laughs> like, right, right you know you just you so look forward to it and um, I, I can do that with books and i can do it with movies too so i love um when you have something that you you know when you put it down i'm definitely going to reread that again and i exactly. think that speaks so much to the author doesn't it that um yep. that it's something that you hold dear enough that you'll go right i'm definitely going to i can't wait to go back into that in six months time right. or a year down the line so i 
well, thank you so much for the recommendation. That's that's super. Yeah. That will be Amazon. We'll be getting a, a good looking at tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 great. I, I highly recommend it. Oh, thank you. That's great. Thank you. Well, thank you all so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed your time here at the Storyteller Saga. A huge thank you to Nick Winter for coming on and sharing a bit about yourself. If you would, tell the listeners where they can find you and where they can follow along with everything that you're doing. Well, I am currently working on my website at the moment, which is very embarrassing to say. I should have that completely up and running by now. I'm afraid I don't. But um, the main place to find me is Instagram at Nick mm-hmm. Winter Books. Um, I love to connect with all writers and readers, book lovers. So please feel free to find me there. Um, I'm also on Facebook with the same Nick Winter Books. And uh, I post there, but not, uh, and the same with Twitter. Exact same too. So that's all the places you can find me. I am currently developing my website at the moment. It is live, but there's absolutely nothing on it. <laughs> so right, right. <laughs> I, ha- I have to get that. I have to get my techies onto this and, and get that sorted, Micah. But um, so that's, that's the main places you can find me just now. And as I say, I love to connect with readers and uh, writers and authors yeah. and people who are at the same stage as me. Um, I love it all. So everyone's welcome. Awesome. Great. Well, everyone, make sure you go and follow along with everything that Nick is doing and follow me here on your podcast player of choice and at Micah Campbell writes on Instagram. Again, thank you all so much for joining us today. And until next time, I've been Micah. Our phenomenal author for this episode has been Nick Winter. And you have been a beautiful audience. The end.